Welcome to Dodging Sleep, the UK's only podcast specifically put together for Dodgers fans. We're just a small group of LA Dodgers fanatics trying to follow our team from the wrong side of the Atlantic, and this puts us in a constant battle with the seven-hour time difference and the inevitable tiredness that follows. My name is Ian Bleeds, Bleedsy, or sometimes just Young Ian, and I'm your host for this episode. Joining me today, we have Leon. Hi. Hi, mate. How are you? Yeah, mate. Really good. Um, um, well, we'll come on to this shortly, but um, obviously we're, we're taping this as as the uh, Brewers game is is the final Brewers game, the fourth of the series, and it started rather well. Although it looks like the Brewers are trying to mount a comeback as we speak. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been it's been a tough week, hasn't it? I've been pretty pretty sad this week, to be honest. Um, just hoping for a little pickup from the uh, you know, from the, the boys in blue, but yeah, today's slightly better than than the rest of the week so far. Yeah, we'll come on to the sadness, hopefully without too many sort of random hello darkness, my old friends, um, uh, uh, musical interludes. But we've also got Adam. Hi, Adam. How you doing? Oh, mate, I'm really good. And you've got the, uh, the the tough task shortly um, to bring us through this week's uh, highlights. So that'll be interesting. Uh, maybe the last 10 minutes or so, I'll give you something to talk about. Um, and also, I'll speak up for the old man of the gang. It's Ian C. Hi, Ian. What? What? Hi, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Thanks. How are you? Yes, mate. I, I'm I'm excellent as always. I must, uh, I must admit, it's the, it's the week of the NFL draft. So, uh, and I'm a big NFL fan as well. So I'm somewhat hanging now after three days of rather late nights. But that's in keeping with the uh, the dodging sleep name of the podcast. So I can think I fit in quite well this week. Yeah, I've, I've followed a very very small portion, I think, of the of the draft. They they, they, they were. Uh, was it the Jaguars calling some, calling some from Wembley last night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They always, they always have, they always have a couple of, uh, couple of names that they call out from, from, from London, which is, which is quite cool. But um, yeah, but that's normally by about like three in the morning, so I'm kind of half awake for that bit. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. They were first round draft names, were they? Was it the third round? Yeah, it's usually, it's usually further into the draft. Yeah. Okay, right. Well, as we're supposed to be talking about the Dodgers and baseball, um, we'll move away from NFL um, and I'll let you know what we're going to talk about uh, on today's episode. So we'll start, as always, with a bit of a review of the week. We'll pick some highlights that might not take long uh, and then we'll mull over a few of the things that haven't gone well and try and not spend 45 minutes doing so. We'll then have a quick look ahead to where the Dodgers will be going next as the season moves on to Chicago before we come back to California to play the Angels, followed, of course, by our predictions for this week. We'll then got a little bit of a AOB, any other business section, where we'll be shouting out a few people that have interacted with us this week and asking a few, uh, and asking a few questions that don't fit in anywhere else on the show. So here goes, and leading off tonight, we've got Adam and... Adam, I'm going to put you on the spot by challenging you to find some highlights from the last week. So the last time we got together, or since the last time we got together, the Dodgers are two and five. Um, over that, over those seven games, they've 
they've played two games uh, at home to the Padres, three at home to the Reds, uh, before heading to Milwaukee, where they've lost all three games, but looks like they might be turning that on their head tonight. Are you able to pull a few highlights from this shambles of a week? Well, I've dived in and I've found a few little bright spots. There's not many, but I found a few. Uh, start with Mr. Clayton Kershaw. Uh, he pitched a gem and I think he got one of the few wins of the week. He went uh, seven shutout innings with eight uh, strikeouts. Uh, he's, he also tied Randy Johnson for the most scoreless starts in his career with his 83rd. Um, he's only behind Nolan Ryan, Greg Maddox, Roger Clements, Don Sutton and Tom Seaver. So, I mean, it's, it's a pretty good list to be, be in it's with. Pretty good him. company. Pretty good company, I yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah his, um, his season ERA is at 2.09. And if you just get rid of that one start at Coors Field, he'd be rocking a 109. ERA for the season, which I mean, is pretty, pretty good, I'd say, from Kershaw. It's the man who everyone thought was dead like two years ago. So, uh, no doubt, when you're with Kershaw, when you're, um, when you were so good and so dominant, and uh, and there are, there's obvious. Everyone talks about the fastball. You know, it's a, it, it's it's sort of sits about four or five mile an hour slower than it than it used to. Um, so there's obvious signs of decline. But I just think he's so intelligent he's so clever um that he finds ways to to make the outs and he's also he's got he's got three he's got sorry he's got two elite pitches his fastball is not elite anymore although the although the location probably is um but the slider and the curve gets all the attention because it's so big but the slider's potentially still the best pitch in baseball um mm. so i'll i'll always be a fan of uh, of Kershaw and i think I think he's demonstrating that he can maybe go a lot deeper into his career than perhaps people were thinking two years ago. Yeah, that slider is 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 the most dangerous one. I thought I'd got his stat down about the slider, but I seem to have not written it down. Uh, he had something mad that like it's the most he's starting to use the slider more than his fastball now, which is good because okay. the slider I think is his best pitch now. No doubt, no doubt. Okay then, uh, any other highlights for us, Adam? I would just I would just stay in with the with Kershaw's outing. Well, I, th- I, I want to give a shout out to the bullpen as well. I mean, we had two bullpen games, one scheduled, one not so scheduled. Just bear with me. <laughs> and on the whole, they actually pitched pretty well. I mean, uh, we had Scott Alexander, Victor and Jimmy all went scoreless. They, they pitched night back-to-back nights and they went scoreless through, I think, six innings or something like that. You can't really knock that, especially when the second bullpen day wasn't a scheduled bullpen day. It's you can't you can't really knock it, especially when the offense has just given the pitchers absolutely nothing for the last two weeks. So I think a little shout out goes to those fellas in the bullpen. I think it's I think it's I think it's great to show them a bit of love because I think we're probably not going to be enormously kind to them for the entire episode. Um, but it's great to show them a little bit of love while we're there. Yeah, uh, and. So- uh, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Mitch White as well. Until last night, this little cock up. I thought he played. I thought he pitched pretty well in the, in the last in the last week. So I think he deserves a bit of a bit of a highlight as well this week. 
Yeah, before last night, I think it was two games, 3.2 innings pitched, hadn't given up a run. It looked, looked really solid. Uh, he inherited, obviously, a few runners last night. I don't think any of the any of the runs were earned against Mitch White. I could be wrong, though. But yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree. I think he's I think he's done incredibly well. So small sample yeah. size, but yeah. promising then, one for the and future. Then, and then if we're talking about today's game as well, I mean, two grand slams in two innings. It's a pretty good highlight, isn't it? Absolutely. It's got to be shoehorned in, hasn't it, really? Because we haven't really got too many else. I mean, the, uh, I've only actually watched one of them because I was on the way back from the pub for the first one, so I, I missed that one. But um, I did see the second one, and that was pretty good. You can't be old uh, meaty bats banging one in. Uh, absolutely. The first one was uh, was AJ Pollock, and it was an absolute no-doubter. Um, it, was, uh, it, it was fantastic. Right. Um, Ian C., uh, we've heard Adam uh, struggle to find a few highlights there. I imagine you might have a slightly easier time in picking out some of the things that maybe haven't been going so well. Everything Adam didn't say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was an awful lot that hasn't gone well, but I was focusing, I thought I'd try and put a more positive spin on it because it'd be very easy to look at it and go well you know we're not scoring any runs and we're still leaving far too many people on base and the bullpen's a bit dodgy and we've had injuries mounting on injuries and we could all get horribly depressed and then remind ourselves that it is the 7th of May and as I'm talking we're 9-1 up in a game at the Brewers so I was looking at just broadened it out a little bit um so just looking I just benchmark if you like the season to date which I know we've talked about before on the podcast has been a, still a small sample size but just comparing it to the last well not not last year because last year as we all know was a bit of an odd season with COVID but the previous four seasons to that and if you look at where we are at the end of April 2019 we had a 63% win percentage um, but before but the previous three years at 2018 it was down at 43% 2017, 54 and 2016, 48. We're up at 59% win percentage at the end of April this year. It is not that bad. We got off to a great start. We've slumped a bit. We've got a load of injuries. Um, Looking at it, looking at the reports earlier today, and I know they're possibly a little bit optimistic, but, you know, we seem to look as though we're going to have a a flood of people coming back from sort of mid-May. So, um, yeah, I think Adam picked out the highlights and there weren't many else on top of that, many others on top of that. But actually, just putting it in context, you know, with the 2nd of May, we look like touch wood we could get a win today. I still don't think we're in a bad position. So I'm not going to obsess about all the stuff that didn't quite work because we always have a slump every now and again. And you look back at history, every, every year there's a period where we go, we have more losses than wins and we lose several on the bounce. So... Um, you know, we're still the Dodgers and we're still going to get people back and we're going to put a run together. Okay, that's a great way to look at it. I think I, I'm, I'm going to push a few of you, though, on some of the uh, some of the things that I think haven't been going uh, enormously well. And I think the, the most obvious one uh, to me is the faltering offence. So, uh, Leon, a few weeks ago, you and I had a little debate about whether we would miss Corey Seager or Cody Bellinger more. Well, we've seen... <laughs> the Dodgers without Bellinger for the last three weeks uh, and it's not been great. Is it that simple or is there more to it than that? It's it's a collective slump really, isn't it? Um, Mookie's not particularly been hitting well. Corey Seager's not been hitting well. Uh, and then you look through the lineup. I think when we first started, sort of the first couple of weeks, we had a lot of guys above 300. 
Uh, now I think as you pointed out yesterday, sort of you know AJ Pollock before you know going over five yesterday had the second highest batting average on the team. Um, so I think rather than sort of picking out one person in you know in Corey Seager, you know who has struggled when his batting average was down at sort of two fifty seven. I think um, going into or after after today's start um, is it, is it two fifty seven, which isn't great. Um, Mookie's in the same range. A lot of the players in this are in the same range. Um, so I don't I don't know what's causing it. It's a collective slump. You know the the thing that the, you know, that keeps me positive is, is you know we're not getting smashed by anyone. Over the last week we've lost you know one wins by one or two games. We're very close to actually winning most of those games really, um, and we're still sort of only half a game out of out of the lead of the division. So it, it's it's a bit more positive I think than it than you know the overall picture is pretty good. In, in general terms, we've got a lot of injuries. The bats have been cold, but we're still right there at the top of the division. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll stay with you on this one, Leon, just for a second, because I was having a look the other day, and I think you are right. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of games that could have gone either way. I think we've lost um, maybe three in extras, um, uh, and I kind of think that maybe there's probably more that the Dodgers could do as a team. Um, and the first thing I looked at was the, the batting order, team selection. Um, we've obviously been pretty committed to Betts and Seager at the top and on previous form from previous years and even earlier this season, it's clear to see why. Uh, but they have both been slumping at the same time. The only hitters with any reliability recent, recently have been Justin Turner, uh, Chris Taylor. And while Muncie hasn't been hitting, um, as of a couple of nights ago, he led the Dodgers in, in on-base percentage at 432. So you've got... Turner and Taylor hitting, and those uh, and those hitting after Monty, with the exception of AJ Pollock, uh, really haven't been all that good. So they haven't been able to capitalise on the walks. Surely there's something we can do to mix this up. Um, so what kind of came to me was maybe move Muncy up to two, try Taylor in leadoff. He's played there before plenty of times. Um, Seeger and Betts could still do damage deeper in the lineup. Um, so what do you think about that? Do you think that's something that we could try or do you think, or, or do we stick with what we have? Any alternative suggestions? Have you given it any thought? Am I overthinking this enormously? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be adverse to sort of changing things up a little bit. Um, one thing which would put me off is obviously Mookie, once we, you know, we, we shifted into lead off last year, looked like a completely different beast. Um, I think one of the things that you know the an issue that we had over last week is without being wanting to be disrespectful to any of you know the bottom half of the lineup, it was it was a triple A and below sort of players that were you know were starting for us. You know, based on today and, and the last couple of innings last night, I think we're getting better. It looks like we're getting there. So, you know, again, we've got that flexibility with you know the quality of players we've got. I don't know if I would change it at this stage, give it, you know. Give it another week, see if things go. If it's not working, then we, as I say, we look at its shift players around. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think the, the big difference for me on bets hitting leadoff um, is, and this is it, we could probably do a full section on this, uh, but there's no universal DH. So the likelihood is that the hitter ahead of bets um, for the majority of the game uh, is going to get out. You know, uh, pitchers, I think, are hitting some... Our pitchers, I'd have to check, but they usually hit somewhere around 100, one, you know, 150. I think there's a few exceptions. Kershaw's usually a little bit higher. 
Um, Bauer has made no secret whatsoever that he hates hitting. Um, uh, so that's one of the things that's different to last year um, is that Betts isn't going to get those those RBI opportunities um, as as often as he as often as he might. And obviously, when the rest of the bottom of the order hasn't been doing so well, it, it's just a it's just a consideration, I suppose, about whether he's best suited there. I know it's where he likes playing, and I know he up until this year has always played in a league with the, the DH. Um, so maybe it's something that we have to that we have to ask him to to think about a little bit, maybe. Yeah, so I think we're just just looking at best as well. Sort of, you know, he had the hit by pitch, he had the the, um, the back injury as well. He didn't quite look right to me. He didn't look like the Mookie of old. So I was, you know, I wonder if there was something that wasn't quite right with him. Whether there was an injury that was, you know, that was causing him some some issues um, over the last sort of week or so. But again, it, it's it's I could be we could probably and I'm hoping we can probably just put it down to a collective slump by the team who seem to be really just blasting out of it as as we speak. Just on the just on the lineup, you, you made a point about Turner. Was it? Forget which World Series it was. Now, gosh, we've been in so many recently. Didn't didn't he hit a lead off home run in the in game one of the World Series a couple of years back? Was that the one against the Astros? I think it might have been. Yeah. Um, but the other thing, just just while we've got potentially, and uh, I know convention says you bring your pitcher in at the end as as, as the final hitter. But if we've got a lot of injuries and are having to, to blood some some guys possibly earlier than expected, is there anything to be gained by having your pitcher hit at eight or seven? Your, your point about bets coming in and the previous hitter of almost always having got out and maybe just, just switching it slightly? I mean, there could be. It's not something I've seen very often. I think what they always want to minimise the the the, the at bats that the pitcher spot uh, takes, and obviously the best way to do that is to put it down the order. Mm. But what we have seen, uh, is, especially with the three batter minimum that um, that pitchers have to face these days, we've seen the a lot of double switches. Um, I mean, it's always been a thing in the National League, but I, I feel like we're seeing it uh, e- even more now um, in the fact that. That, you know they'll they'll pull out the, the the player who's last up and put the pitcher into that spot, mm. um, and then make a defensive switch uh, elsewhere um, in order to avoid the pitcher spot coming around in the hit in the hitting lineup. Um, so I think there's I think there's a number of ways. I mean, ultimately, I think the universal DH is on the cards down the line, but it's not going to happen this season. No. Um, and um, yeah, I think for this year, I just think we need to get a bit more creative. There's obviously someone crunched some numbers somewhere and decided, our oh, bunting is bad. We're not going to do that. Um, and I just I, I just think we need to do a little bit more with that pitcher spot. I think sort of going back to the creativity that you just mentioned, I'd like to see a bit more of it in the extra innings uh, where we've struggled, to be honest. Um, even last night when we were scoring runs, we've, we've lost lost the game. Because um, you, you're given a, a free... Three man on second base, um, and just bunt. No shame in bunting to get that run across. Because too often, you know, if it's far too often. You just see that man stranded at second base, where you know teams are deep into their bullpens. You've got to score a run. It's a sad blood like that creativity. There was an opportunity for Kershaw last night with the bases loaded, where suddenly everyone was screaming out for a suicide squeeze with with Seagrip at, um, at third. And we know he's a decent base runner. Um, 
say, just just force the issue a little bit more in, in those extra inning games, you know, especially in situations where we are at the moment where we're not doing quite enough in, in the majority of games, just, just get creative and get those runs on the board. Um, again, you know, it also applies in, in normal innings as well. Um, you stand in nine innings, just see what you can do to, you know, score runs, basically, is, is, the, uh, is, is what I'm, I'm screaming out for. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think we could stay on this topic for a while because I know we've, we've all got different ideas about it, but we'll, we'll, we'll move on for the, for the time being. Um, Adam, the injuries have really been stacking up, uh, particularly among, among our pitchers. We've just heard in the last few hours that Dustin May has gone on the 10-day IL. Not a surprise if you saw what happened to him in uh, last night slash this morning's game. Um, he's going to have an MRI uh, when they get back to LA next week. Uh, Corey Knable has been moved onto the 60-day list. Uh, and in order to try and fill this, we've picked up the contract of Mike Kickham. Now, I don't know a great deal about Mike Kickham. Um, I did a quick Google and found out that he had a career ERA of close to 10. Um, do you know anything more about him? No, not really. Uh, I've done, I've done like you, I've done a bit of Googling. Uh, I know he's going to be wearing the number 59 that was last worn by Zach Roscoe in 2019. Um, he's a lefty. He stands at six foot four. Uh, and he was, he's played for the Giants and the Red Sox previously in the, the big leagues. He was at the Red Sox last year. Um, he played in six games. And he racked up a scary ERA of 7.71, uh, which slightly worries me a little bit. But, um, uh, yeah, I, he's he's not brilliant. He's not going to set the world on fire, I don't think. I mean, um, from what I've seen, and I think he played for us in spring training. I don't remember him being brilliant. I think his control and command was iffy at times. I mean, that spring training, so... You can't read too much into it, um, but yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be—he's uh, going to be a sensation coming in. I mean, generally, when the guys make these signings, they—they they have an idea what they're doing. They've got a project in mind to try and uh, bring this bring this guy on. So, you know, fingers crossed that can be the case. Um, Ian, the bullpen has been leaking runs a little bit recently. Um, the starters have been pretty, pretty lights out. Um, Kershaw, 209 ERA, Bauer, 248, Bueller, 316, Arias, 323 before tonight. Um, and uh, May was 2.53 before his start yesterday. So the starters have been doing great. When you compare the ERAs, and I know the ERAs for the relievers is always a little bit of a sketchy subject because they're in for such short period in time but price 559 nelson 409 knable 450 um santana 540 uh gratterol 20.25 uh, in his three games before he went back on the uh, on the il uh, clearly he wasn't he wasn't right by the uh, by the looks of it um and then, actually, you then start looking at the good ERAs and you start going, right, 261, Kenley Jansen, 
Blake Trinan, 318, Victor Gonzalez, 225. The Second best reliever, you probably wouldn't have picked it in, ter in terms of having a minimum number picked, is Scott Alexander, um, 253. And I don't think any of us would have called that at the start of the year. So is there anything that the bullpen can do to stop giving up runs? Or is it just going to be down to the offense padding the situation with bigger leads? What do you think? Well, like I said earlier, um, I think on the whole, the bullpen hasn't been terrible. There's been good performances in there. Um, so I, just the, I think in the last week, I think if the offense had just hit a little bit better, we probably would have won two or three more games this week. It's not a million miles off. The bullpen were doing a job. We pretty much kept most games down to three runs, which, which, is, which is what you want, really. It's ideal situation. You don't want to be letting concede more than three runs in a game, do you? At I, think, worst. I think the other thing, I mean, it, it, partly the injuries, you know, if you look, what we've got, Kelly, Graderol, Price, Knable, Gonsolin, you know, all out. I mean, it is, as a proportion of the bullpen, I mean, it'd be like losing Kershaw and Bueller or something from the starters. You know, it, it's it, that's a big hit. So, yeah, the obvious answer and, and the simple answer is stay fit or get fit. Um, I think, I think though, but again, to try and put a slightly positive spin, again, looking at the last five years, the ERA of the bullpen is not the worst by any means. Uh, 2019, it was worse, and indeed 2018. So, in fact, looking at the last five years, it's middle of the road in terms of an ERA. Um, where, they, where they seem to be struggling is, is when you look at the innings, innings, um, innings pitched, certainly hits per innings pitched and runs are you know are way worse than the previous previous four years so um, now whether that's because we're stretching people because we've got a few people injured and people having to pitch longer or pitch on less days rest and we've talked on a previous podcast about the importance of, of Kenley not pitching on consecutive nights and I think the same would be true for for some of the others so for me it's it's um yeah, I think I think I think Adam's absolutely right. If we've got a couple more more runs, a couple more hits, we, you know, maybe left uh, maybe not left as many on bases. It, it, you know, we we could have won the games despite the bullpen bullpen. So I think I think it's a mixture of a few more hits, get people back, and looking at the latest report, you know, we could start to see people coming back from what well, we got Price seventh of May. Bruce Dar ninth, maybe Kelly on the eleventh. Gonsolin, if we stuck him in the bullpen, he could be back mid-May. You know, we, we, the, the kind of cavalry is potentially coming over the hill. I think. I think if we, I think if we can get, even if we don't get all of them back, if we got two or three of them back, um, I think that's just enough to then spread out the workload a little bit more. Um, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what we do with with um, with May, whether there's anybody you know in terms of the, whether there's going to be more bullpen games as a result of Mel may being out and trying to sort of paper over the cracks a little bit but it it feels like it's going to be a bumpy ride for the next say two weeks and then hopefully things will settle down we'll get get a few back from injuries but i think until then we're going to have to rely on the on the batters to get the runs and get us over the line okay that's great um uh, Leon, I'll come to you next on this one. It's a bit of a subject change, I suppose. Uh, this appears to be a bit endemic across the league and it doesn't just affect, affect the Dodgers. Uh, but this year, more than any other than I can remember in all my years of watching, uh, umpires have been calling a huge outside corner. 
sometimes the ball appears to be three to six inches off the plate and it's getting called, uh, getting called a strike. This can completely change the look of an at-bat, the feel of an at-bat, the confidence of the hitter. Uh, a bonus strike on the right count can really tip the scales in favour of the pitcher. I think I'm now getting on board with robo-umps. What are your thoughts on this in terms of calling balls and strikes? In terms of robo-umps, I think it, it probably ultimately comes down to how it's implemented. Um, obviously, going back to a subject which is probably close to all of us is, is VAR in football over here in the Premiership. Um, it's something that we probably needed. Um, the prime example of it being needed was, you know, going back to the World Cup with the Frank Lampard goal against Germany, which was miles over the line uh, and wasn't called. Every one of us was probably screaming out for VAR at that point. Um, but we've seen this season, the way it's been implemented is horrendous. Um, so for me, it's it's probably something to help out. That, that could be used to help out the umpires because they, they look like they need assistance this season, uh, big time. Um, there was an at-bat, you know, obviously a game that, that affects us in a roundabout way, which was Wilma Flores against the Padres um, for the Giants. And every pitch was outside the zone. Um, got rung up on three pitches. Uh, and it's, as you say, it's, it's, it's game-changing. It could be ultimately season-changing. This season, I don't know whether there's been communications internally uh, with the umpire to say widen the zone. It kind of feels that way. Because, um, we, you know, I feel like we're watching a lot of bad decisions at the moment. Um but again, it's you know it's the, the quality of the the officiating sort of outside of just the strike zone as well, which is a problem. Again, going looking at the other games, was um, Andrew McCutcher being called out being outside the baseline? He didn't deviate his run. There was uh, who was it? It was Zach Godley, wasn't it? Um, earlier this week, he was called for interference against a, a Marlins player, and there's just some some very bizarre decisions. So I think it needs to be a collective look at officiating as a whole. And using an electronic strike zone as for, for assistance purposes rather than taking it. I'm not comfortable with it taking, you know, the whole umpiring system over. Okay. No, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm thinking more on the, on the balls and strikes kind of things. Obviously, we've, we've had the reviews for a while now. I think it's odd that there are certain plays that are reviewable and certain plays that aren't. Uh, certainly, the, the interference call that you mentioned the other night um, was... Absolutely bizarre. Uh, I think it was exactly the same on the Kutch play. That also wasn't reviewable. Um, so I just kind of think if they're going to review things, they should just review everything because Kutch didn't take a step off that line. There's no doubt about it. Um, and the uh, pitcher did not interfere whatsoever um, uh, on the plate on the plate at first either. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, if you stay with the um, strike zone thing, it was Max, particularly last season, Max Muncy got called everything on the inside. You know, it can affect your season. If you're striking out on, you know, pitches that are, are balls, it, you come, it, it, it's going to, you know, it's going to play on your mind. You know, you're going to swing at stuff which you wouldn't normally swing at. Uh, whereas Muncy is a guy with sort of elite sort of plate discipline. And last season, he was, you know, he was, he was having to chase stuff where, uh, you know, pitches they wouldn't normally go for. Um, again, he's, 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 his walk rate this season is incredible. So it's not so much of an issue for him. But I think sort of league-wide and certainly in, you know, a lot of Dodgers games that we've watched this year, it's 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 a problem. Whether it's, you know, it, it's I think one of the issues potentially is that a lack of scrutiny for the umpires. There's a, there's an umpire assessor sort of a Twitter account that, that, you know, gives scorecards for the, um, for the umpires. So I don't know how much, you know, how, 
how they're reviewed sort of internally by MLB and that sort of thing. If an umpire is consistently bad, Angel Hernandez, for example, he's obviously, you know, the obvious example. What, you know, what recourse is it to, to remove him from games going forward and say, and sticking down in the minor leagues? Or is their contract that solid that they stay and, and there's no change to what they do and we continue in this cycle where, you know, bad umpires uh, don't get punished? At the moment, you get the sense you get the sense of almost like a Supreme Court judge. Once they're in, they're in for life, kind of thing. They've got to yeah. die before they get out. There's there's no doubt in my mind. There's got to be something like that because you know Angel Hernandez. Uh, Renny, I think I can't remember if I've asked this question before. If any of you guys were at the MLB London games, but Angel Hernandez was announced in the uh, as one of the umpires, and I would say a good. 30 40 percent of those in attendance booed when his name was announced that's you know that's a knowledgeable crowd for a for a for a, for a uk uh base uh, baseball game but he must have an ironclad contract or he would have gone if any of us were as bad at, were as bad at our job as he was or he has been for 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 so long we wouldn't have kept our job um i know that he had the uh court case recently that resulted in um, MLB having to say it's got nothing to do with um, discrimination. You're just not very good, and they produce loads of stats to back this up, uh, which we shouldn't laugh about. And it, you know, it's not. But he isn't a very good umpire, and yet he is still there year after year. And I think he's been there since what the early nineties. I feel like he's been there a really long time. So. Is that, there's that famous clip of him kicking out a, uh, this one singing the Cubs um, in the 17th stretch of the Cubs and he kicked him out. There's a comedian who shouted down at um, Angel Hernandez a, a, a terrible performance in his mid-90s or something like that. And Angel Hernandez gets him kicked out of the stadium. Um, so he's been, he's been around for far too long. Uh, again, just in the interest of fairness, he's not the only bad umpire. There's a lot of bad umpires, unfortunately. Um, but he's, he's our guy who, who stands out as, as the worst of a, of a bad bunch, really. Uh, and we should say that umpiring is incredibly hard. I, um, uh, you know, I've 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 done it a few times in this country without any without any any of the pressures that come with MLB um, or, or the or the money I suppose that comes with it. Um, and it, it's it's a difficult job. Uh, and the, you think you've watched the game or played the game for for twenty odd years, and you think you know what uh, all the rules, and believe me, you don't. Uh, even the, uh, there must be. 30 or 40 different uh, ways to award extra bases um, on, on overthrows and that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll move on from that one. Um, I suppose the final thing to, uh, to look at in terms of uh, how things have been going recently um, are the hard-hit balls that just, until tonight, haven't been dropping in, uh, dropping in for us. Uh, in recent weeks, we've seen some incredible D against the Dodgers. Um, we've, got, we've seen a few plays tonight from whoever is playing third base for the Brewers. Um, we've seen one of the best double plays I think I've ever seen um, by Colton Wong and Luis Urias um, a couple of nights ago on a, a hard-hit ball from Corey Seager. Uh, I feel like we just keep running into web gems every game. Uh, Adam, surely this has to stop at some point. Uh, yeah, well, you would hope it's going to stop at some point. But, I mean, I think players try that a little bit harder. I mean, with the reigning world champions, you want to beat 
who's on top, don't you? It's you, you, your game is up by ten percent, especially the the Padres fellow who made those catches uh, he played the other the other week as well. It's it's something I think we're going to have to live with because no one is going to take us easy this year. It's everyone with a team that everyone wants to beat. So it's probably not going to end anytime soon. Yeah, there's a good example is that Eric Lower fellow who pitched against us the other day. He was he got called up for for this game. Who um, I think his ERA against the Dodgers. Obviously, he was a Padre for a while. Um, was is one point seven nine against everyone else? It's been like six. I think, as Adam says, being sort of World Series champions is is always going to, you know, bring out the best in in in, in other people. It's and, and people just don't like the Dodgers. Uh, I think we've experienced that as fans. Uh, Genuinely, you get sort of you know a, a lot of people sort of coming at you. Um, for picking the Dodgers, even though we've you know we've gone thirty-two years or whatever it was uh, without a World Series, it's it's one of the reasons why it's so hard to repeat in any sport, though, isn't it? Whoever, who, whatever, whatever sport it is, if you are the reigning champions, be it world champions, domestic league, whatever it is, everybody's coming at you because, as, as you say, everybody wants to get one over over the the guys who are supposedly at the top, and there's a bit of bad luck in there which will even out over the course of a season, I would hope. Yeah, you'd like to think so, yeah. Um, all right, so we'll move on from looking back and instead we'll look forward to next week. Um, as we've already mentioned, uh, we're, uh, we're currently playing the uh, Brewers and the score is currently 11-1. to 1. We've had two Grand Slams, one from Matt Beatty and one from AJ Pollock. Um, so looking good for tonight. After tonight, though, we've got three games in Chicago against the Cubs. That is a huge series for me personally because my brother-in-law is a massive Cubs fan. Um, and then we've got uh, three against the Angels at Angel Stadium. Ian, what are your thoughts ahead of these six games? Well, you have a you have a brother-in-law who's a massive Cubs fan. I have a brother who's a massive Cubs fan. So uh, a little bit of rivalry all round. Um, Last week, I think when asked the question, I was very, I mean, I, I said I'm normally very optimistic, uh, very pessimistic about any team I follow in any sport. And last week, I think I, I actually went for a 4-2 record because I was, I don't know, just mad from, uh, it's unusual for me to be even remotely optimistic. Um, I think, you know, we've talked about it previously on on this pod, you know, we've still got a lot of people out injured. There's still, you know, where the questions around the, 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 the batting lineup, the bullpen, you know, is today going to be the start of a turnaround with all the runs that we're scoring or are we basically using all our runs for May in one game? Um, I, 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 from my perspective, I think it's, it's, it's kind of like, let, let's get through the next, what, six away games. Have a, we've got a day off, haven't we, between the final one of the Cubs and then the Angels. So we've got a rest day then and then we've only got three games back in LA against the Angels and then another day off and then only two against the Mariners, and then another day off. So we're, we're coming into a run where we've got some quite nice... It's, it's a relatively friendly schedule. You know, we a couple of days off and, and a reasonably long homestand. So it, it, it feels like for the next what, week, maybe as much as 10 days, let's, let's sort of get through it with a 50-50 record almost, and then we'll have people back, and then we can really kick on. And at that point, we start to play we've got to run against a few in our divisions in our division with the Astros in the middle so you know let's you know we're home and away against the Giants as well so I think let's get through the next seven to ten days as best we can and then then go for it after that the second half of the month 
Okay, excellent. Adam, we'll come to you. What are you thinking? I'm thinking, well, we've got to beat Chicago. I mean, they're not playing particularly great stuff at the minute. I'd Neither were think... the Reds. <laughs> oh, that is true. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I didn't like to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, but I, I, I think... I think we'll probably, I think hopefully the bats are going to stay warm. Hopefully they're red hot and um, they, they do some damage uh, at Wrigley. Series against the Angels, we never ever seem to beat the Angels. So I imagine we're probably going to lose that series, which should be no fun to watch at all. I, I think it will be fun. I mean, I'll. Um... Well, I mean, it'll be fun because there's going to be Mike Trout and Atani and everyone else. But I mean, as a literal watching it and getting beat, it won't be fun. Is what I'm saying. Okay, uh, Leon. As Adam said, the Cubs, the Cubs aren't playing well. But also pointed out they uh, neither the Reds, but um, I'm, I'm sort of quite confident going into into that series. Uh, the pitchers we've got uh, Bueller, uh, Kershaw, Barr on the mound. Um, so you know that that's our that's our top three at this point. Um, They're okay. Yeah, the, the bats. You know, since the uh, since the ninth the tenth inning last night, the bats have been pretty warm. Um, if we can carry that on into Chicago, uh, there's no reason we can't go there and, and potentially, you know, potentially get a sweep. But I'm not making any any predictions at the moment because all mine have gone horribly wrong so far. Um, and then yeah, the Angels game. So I think it's, it, it is something to look forward to. Um, on paper, they're as strong as they've been in a while, and I'm looking. Hopefully, Otani's going to pitch at, uh, at Dodge Stadium. You know, it's always fun to watch a, a good opposition pitcher. Um, and yeah, some some nice intense games again. I, I, I did enjoy. You know, although we lost three of the four against the Padres at home, I did enjoy that series in, in terms of you know there were there were good games of baseball, um, and I think some good opposition who who we're beating is, is going to be a good thing ultimately, given the run that we've been on. So yeah, something something to look forward to. I, th- I think we'll come away. Like, again, I'm breaking my rule there. I think we'll come away with a uh, a winning record this week. Right. Well, we'll come on to the uh, onto the actual predictions then. So uh, last week we were all horrendously wrong. I was more wrong than everybody else. Uh, I think I somehow I think most people went for four and three in favour of the Dodgers, and uh, for some reason I decided that I couldn't go with the same record, uh, and I couldn't bet on a losing record so I went five and two uh, which was um, which which was which was wrong um, so uh, uh, so I'm gonna go first that way I can't get bullied into anything else for this week um, I, I so I can actually put the prediction in that I think we will achieve um, I am gonna confidently predict that we win both series two to one. So I'm going to go four and two for the week. And we'll go to Adam next. Uh, I think it's going to be three and three. But we'll two and one against the Cubs and then we'll get beat by the Angels one and two. Yeah. Also, I think Kershaw will get his home run against the Cubs as well. That's my other prediction. I think you need to stop peddling this. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so Kershaw home run against the Cubs, right? Okay, that, that can be the tiebreaker uh, for, for if anyone else picks three and three. Um, Ian, we'll come to you. 
Yeah, I'm going to go three and three, and Kershaw won't get a home run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that seems reasonable. And Mr. Boyne, Leon. Um, I've asked Scott for a prediction this week. Um, he's gone five and one. Oh wow, that's big. That's yeah. big. Scott, Scott's always. I think he's like the voice of reason, isn't he? He sort of sits in the background and tells us, you know, we we're all panicking last week, saying the season's over. Like, you know, it's it's doom and gloom. Scott's like, no, this happens. We'll be all right next week, sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm confidently standing behind Scott's prediction of five and one. Well, I mean, Scott has to kind of do that because he's got 125 wins predicted for his uh, for, for the season, <laughs> uh, which uh, probably isn't far off mathematically impossible. Um, uh, so yeah, okay, right. So we've got five and one from Leon, three and three with a Kershaw home run caveat um, <laughs> uh, for both uh, Adam and Ian. And then uh, four and two. So again, none of us have predicted that the Dodgers finish with a losing with a losing record. So that brings us on to the any other business section, which I don't think will keep us for too long. Um, but uh, obviously, it's not it's not been a great it's not been a great last few weeks. Uh, and the trolls are back on Twitter. A, a small minority calling for Roberts's head. It's all too. It's all far too soon to be talking about that kind of thing. Surely, I'll accept an answer from any of you. You got to. It's too early. It's the usual rubbish on Twitter. Um, you know what's he got us to? What three World Series, including one win? Uh, he's, he's as far as I'm concerned. He's he's got the year. How do you sack a manager that's never lost a division? You can't do it. And as you say, three World Series, one winning World Series. One World Series, which is, has got a huge question mark over it as well. Um, it's been a tough patch. You look at that that IL. Um, it's that's a that's a very strong starting lineup for a lot of teams in the league. Um, yeah, we'll be fine. I've com- confidence in Dave. There's a few decisions, that, you know, that that bugger that will go for every single sport and every single manager. Um, no, he stays. Yeah, he definitely stays. All right, I'm, I'll move on to the Giants. Um, I'll move on to the Giants really briefly. Um, so, on the face of it, they and we and we and we mentioned this last week. Uh, they're putting together a pretty impressive run. Um, are they for real? Are they a genuine contender for the uh, for the division title, or have they just had an easy schedule so far? Um, I think what they have got in their favour is they've got a lot of experienced players. Um, you know, Alex Wood, uh, Brandon Crawford, Brandon Bell, uh, Evan Langoria, just as you know, to name a few. Um, they've started very well. Whether they can continue that, whether they've got the strength in depth to continue that, and whether injuries catch up with them a little bit late further down the line, uh, will be interesting to see. Um, I think they've, they've lost the last couple of games against the Padres. So yeah, I, I mean they're, they're always sort of there or thereabouts. Again, they're they're a, a big club. Um, they haven't performed you know that well over the last couple of seasons, but they, they did a lot better than, than expected last year. Um, and I, I like the idea of, of, of a three horse race. It keeps everyone close, especially when you know the Padres and Giants are playing each other and, and taking games off each other. Um, I, I think I think the dog days of summer. And a couple of injuries, I think, will kill them off. I think they haven't had the... They've not had a really, really easy run. 
so far, but it's not been the hardest. And I think, um, you know, if, if they're, they're basically in touch with us, despite all our injuries. So, um, I, you know, I think, I think the Padres will still be there. I think it will ultimately, it will end up being a two horse race. Um, I think we'll, we'll worry about the Giants just because it's the Giants and we love to hate them. But I think, I think ultimately, once you get beyond the, the all-star game and, and all the rest of it, I think it will settle down to a two-horse race. Okay. I think, I'm, I, think, I think I'm with you, to be honest. I think I will move on next to uh, former giant, Madison Bumgarner. Uh, not being given a no-hitter um, for his seven-inning no-hitter. MLB have told him it doesn't count. It's not a no-hitter. Thoughts on that? And be careful. I think it's a bit harsh. But how many no-hitters do you see fail in the seventh, eighth innings? It's so I sort of understand it, but it is harsh. I mean, I don't want him to have it because I don't really like him, but it's 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 harsh not giving it him, I think. Because I mean, it, he, he threw a no-hit game. There was no more innings for him to pitch, so it's it's very harsh not to give it him. Oh yeah, I guess I guess I would is come from, and we all hate or don't or have a, an opinion on. Let's put it like that. We all have an opinion on the unwritten rules of baseball. You know, what what do the rules of baseball say? Because does it does it say it has to be a full nine inning game? for it to be a no hitter or a perfect game or anything like that. Um, because I would just default to that. And if you know that the rules say you've got to pitch nine innings for it to be a no hitter, then when you first walk to the mound for your first pitch, you know that you can't get a no hitter no matter what. Now I suspect they don't have rules for this because it's MLB and they'll make things up as they go along. In which case it's all a bit of guesswork. And as it's bum garnet, no, it's a, it's not a no hitter. Had it been Kershaw? Yes, of course it's a no hitter. That's actually my sentiments exactly, or, or at least it was at the time. Um, I first of all, I was I I, I found myself uh, thinking, yeah, it's probably right. It probably isn't a no hitter because it's just seven innings. And then I realised that that was purely Bumgarner bias, and that had it been any of our pitchers, I would have been in, uh, or potentially anyone else in MLB, um, I probably would have been calling for the no, for the no hitter uh, yeah, to be awarded. Just I, because I, it's mad bum, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think putting something in brackets, brackets seven innings, I think would be a, you know, uh, I know they always throw asterisks around, but um, putting something in brackets to say that it was a seven, you know, because I think there's been quite a few Dodgers even over the last 10 years who've gone seven, eight, nine innings, no hit. So it's no, it's nowhere near as hard. The, the, the real challenging thing is getting through that lineup a third time Without giving up, without giving up hits. So well, Rich Hill went nine and got beat in extras, didn't he? Yeah, and he didn't get that's a no hit. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. yeah, that's right. So, um, so yeah, okay. So, uh, I'm, I'm not sure what, what, if we if we really reached a consensus. I think we kind of said if it was a dodger, it's a no hitter, and if it's, it's basically <laughs> just if it's mad it's, it's, it's not. Oh yeah, okay. All right, well, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, so this week we've seen Nomar Garcia Para filling in for Oral Hershiser. Um, I don't actually know why that's the case. I hope Oral's okay and it's just a planned holiday or something. Um, but um, 
of vacation. Uh, but um, I think Nomar's been doing a pretty good job. Anyone else got any uh, got any thoughts on it? Well, Oral did tweet that because uh, obviously he normally tweets his, his lunch that his wife's prepared. And he did put out a tweet one day. I think his wife was out of town, so he'd had to do his own lunch. So I'm wondering whether he's basically giving himself food poisoning. And that's why he's missed a couple of games. <laughs> so basically, we want, we want Mrs. Oral back in town as soon as possible. Yeah, our Dana, our Dana and lunch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I love Joe Davis and Oral Hershiser as a combination. And I think um, if you if you follow um, either or both of them on Twitter, Instagram, um, they've got a genuine friendship. You know, uh, I love that Joe's kids call him Uncle Oral. Um, you know, I, I, I just I love how, how those two interact with each other. Um and I, when, I, when I saw that Garcia Parra at Nomar was filling in for him, um, I was kind of a bit like, oh, I'm not sure this is going to be any good. But he's actually been very insightful and, I, and, I've, and I've quite enjoyed it as a, as a, as a second best. So, so, yeah, well done, Nomar. Uh, okay, right. Uh, so the last bit I'm going to do is just a few shout-outs for a few of the people before we uh, wrap things up. So the first shout-out is for Brian Kendall, uh, who's put forward some topics for discussion uh, this, uh, for this show. Uh, thanks very much, Brian. And if anyone else has got anything they'd like us to talk about, then please do get in touch. Details on how to do that will follow in a few minutes at the end of the show. Uh, the next shout-out is for Tom O'Gorman, hereafter known on this podcast as Tomo. Uh, he's offered to send me one of his jerseys uh, in exchange for a shout-out, and I will do anything for free Dodgers stuff. So Tom actually lives in Stockholm and I'm hoping to meet up with him while I'm over there with GB, uh, while, while I'm over there uh, with GB in August, the uh, first beers will be on me, Tomo. Um, before I pass over to Ian, because no, Ian's got a shout out he wants to make as well. Uh, the next one is linked to Tomo and that's because I want to give a mention to the glorious nation of Sweden, uh, where for a short time this week, our podcast was the number four baseball podcast over there. Isn't that incredible? So, talk well, Sweden. Talk well. Uh, Ian, what's your shout-out? Well, well I, I had a couple of shout-outs, actually. One is, as, as my name might suggest, my surname, rather, Carlson. I, I'm from Sweden, or our family are from Sweden. So, glad to know some of the extended family are still listening in. That's very kind of you. Um, but the second one is is, is a big shout-out to, we got family friends, the, the Jacoba family, um, Shelley, Calvin, Carly and Dylan, they're based in Calgary and Dylan is a pitcher. And later this week, COVID permitting, he will be getting across the border into the States and he has some trials that I guess ultimately could potentially lead to the MLB. So um, we're all rooting for you, Dylan, and hope it goes really, really well. That's awesome. Please make sure you report back on that for us, Ian. We'd love to hear more about how, how that goes. And that brings us to the end of this week's dodging sleep if you're hearing this then or you've got something you want us to talk about then please do get in touch you can tweet us at dodgers in the uk you can leave a review uh, on whichever platform you're listening to us on um, but not until you've subscribed or followed liked whatever it is first we've also relaunched our fan group on facebook so if you want to join in the conversation on there and then please search Los Angeles Dodgers Fans UK. I also think we have an email address, but I'm going to sort of like look over at Leon for him to say what that is. I remember what it is. 
next time. We'll, we'll shout it out next time. <laughs> next time we, will well, we want to we want to build us. build some suspense with it get people coming back listening next week ready to hear what the email address is one letter a week <laughs> it's on yeah, the IL basically with the, uh, with the dodges at the moment if you if you can't wait until next week and you really want our email address then please do tweet us and uh, leon will do uh, will delve into the archives and find out what our email address actually is Solid professionalism, as yeah. uh, as always, from the Dodgers in the UK team. Um, honestly, we do this for you guys. We do it for our listeners. So if you like, dislike anything that you do, or there's anything you want us to talk about, then we want to hear from you. Once again, thanks so much for listening. Until next time, goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.